Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Hughes. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. everyone it is so good to be back i say that i feel like every time but this time it's been about three weeks since i posted and it's just because we finally got away as a family we finally did it we finally got onto a vacation just the four of us and um i just dropped everything i was off social media it was just an amazing time to just decompress after a really crazy end of the school year and a really actually busy to the beginning of the summer. I can't believe we're heading into the end of July already, and I don't even know where the summer went. How about you? Well, this episode, I'm going to make kind of short and sweet just because I'm going to get back in the groove of things. So that's good for those of you that cannot listen for the whole time I talk, because sometimes I go about an hour. But um, I thought, you know, I had kind of touched on this when I was a newbie um, amputee, but based on the fact that the last couple weeks I have been away on vacation, I thought maybe it was time to hit the vacation do's and don'ts and the pitfalls that happen and how you adapt when you deal with something like I am as an amputee. And there are, I mean, I tell you what, it, it doesn't get easier and, and quite frankly, getting to each place that we go to is always kind of nerve-wracking for me until I get on a plane or get where we're going. And then a whole new set of problems arises and a whole new set of adaptations have to have to happen. But I just thought I'd give you a little bit. You know, most of my podcasts are kind of based on personal experience because you know what? That's what I know. And for those of you that don't know anything about me, um, this is middle of season two and I became an amputee, above knee, left above knee amputee three and a half years ago. Yep, December of 18, three and a half years ago. Um, and it really has flown by. I have experienced a lot. I've had my struggles. I've had the ups and the downs. And to this day, they continue to happen. So here we go. The last few weeks... Um, so the end of the, the end of the school year for our family every year is filled with birthdays because of the four of us, three, not me, but the other three that I do things for all have birthdays, April and May, right when school's getting out or finishing up this year, we had an extra dose of fun because it was our final boys senior year. So we had all the end of the year things, senior stuff, high school graduation, senior trips, and we were absolutely crazy busy to exhaustion. And then we've had a few visitors in since the school year ended. And then we finally got a chance to pull together uh, like almost a two-week trip. And we saw a lot. We did a lot. This was actually, since my amputation, probably my biggest and longest trip. And let's just say it was the most magnificent trip ever we are very fortunate, very blessed. Our, my husband is amazing at planning these things. 
and he's a trooper for doing all of that while working. Um, but by the end, my 18 and 20 year old boy were like, and we've had a lot of family time. It's time to have some quiet time. Like I haven't seen them all day today, really. They came up for food and they, they resurfaced from the basement. That's where their base, their bedrooms are is in the basement and they resurfaced for food and disappeared. So that's okay. Cause this girl here, she needs a little break too. <laughs> like decompress from the trip. And, you know, the unpacking and the, the all the gro um, grocery shopping and laundry and everything. So we got in yesterday morning, picked up the pups, and then it was like, oh, I'm so tired. We left. Well, let's just tell you, we've been, we've, we have flown, we've been in a car, we've done trams, we've done a cruise. And then flown again. We hit North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. All to come back here to Arizona. So the three-hour time change right now, that was a doozy at the beginning. And this morning, let's just say I didn't sleep well last night, first night back. Um, and I was up at like five, ready and raring to go. So needless to say, it was, it was quite a trip. I'm exhausted. As an amputee, my leg got battered and bruised up pretty good. Actually, I shouldn't say bruised up. Actually, I rubbed my leg raw many times, uh, pretty much every day. One, I don't care what you say, Arizona's dry heat is amazing. I know it's probably about, I don't know, a hundred and it's 104 up in carefree Arizona right now. And we're usually about seven degrees cooler than Phoenix. Um, and I am loving this. I don't really miss that humidity from the, uh, Florida state, Georgia. And I mean, it was great to have rain, but we were, we were either soaking wet because we were sweating so bad and it was so hot and humid, or we were soaking wet because it dumped on us. So we got good at just learning to be wet and just saying, it's okay. We're wet. We're going to be wet. At least the rain cleaned us off a little bit, but I had never felt so dirty in my life. I have just... We used to live in Florida, and I just don't remember sweating like that. So I don't know if I'm just acclimating to the dry heat or what. But I will tell you, I don't care how many jokes are made of dry heat. It is much better. It is so much better. We have to use a lot more lotion. I will give you that. But the dry heat, oh, it's good to be home. So let's just start off really quick. I, I wanted to tell you that as much as I tell you that this is the best way to go about doing this, I have yet to actually follow through and do this for myself. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a call to action and I myself am going to do it as well because I have not done it, but I think it's an amazing thing to do, especially if you are dealing with a medical issue and you're traveling for the first time or the hundredth time. And for those of you that are scared to death to travel or to do something out of the comfort of your home, I totally get it. It is not easy. It is a very different task and I don't think anybody gets it. So that's why I thought I would give you a little glimpse into what it's like personally to go through being an above knee amputee and, and trying to be, you know, as positive, upbeat, moving, mobile, adaptive as possible wherever we go. 
So let's just go with the fact that packing in and of itself is a struggle. For one, if we ever just do a short trip, which this was not, but if we ever do a short trip, let's say a long weekend on a plane, my husband would love for everybody to just do a carry-on. And that makes sense, right? The problem is for me that at night when I take my leg off and I jump into the shower and I do my hair and I brush my teeth and go to bed and then have to get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, whatever it is, next morning getting myself to the bathroom going to get breakfast getting my makeup on whatever i need crutches plain and simple i have to have crutches um they are the lightest of all the things i could do i mean i suppose i could take a wheelchair but that would be a huge burden and i know that some of you are probably dealing with that and you probably have a better way of handling it but for my situation crutches are the best thing. I have adapted to crutches over the years and years of surgeries that I've had. Crutches and I get along well. I understand them. I can actually crutch to the bathroom with my eyes closed in the middle of the night in a dark room. Not in a new hotel room, but in my room, I understand how many steps it takes, where the carpet ends and where the tile begins, things like that. I would not suggest crutching with your eyes closed though. So I have a pair, actually two pairs. Uh, my husband is an Eagle Scout and he is, goes by the motto, always be prepared. Um, and he lives his life that way. So I have two pairs of collapsible crutches plus my normal, full, regular big crutches that you normally would see people using that sit in my bathroom permanently here at home. So when you collapse crutches, it sounds great and all, they are still big, they are still bulky, they take up a longer space than a carry-on will allow. So I'm the one that always has the bag. Not to mention I'm a woman, so I have hair products and I have makeup like up the yin-yang. So I need that space anyways. Even if I only take the one pair of shoes I'm wearing and three outfits, my crutches and my makeup, that takes up a lot of space. So I, I have to get all that stuff together. I have to remember certain things like my leg is a plug-in every night to charge it. If I don't plug it in, by the second day it dies because I do wear it. It doesn't make it through two full days. I wear it from the moment I get up, I put it right on. Like I go to the bathroom and I put it on and get changed, do all my stuff with my leg on first thing in the morning. This morning it was like 5.30 when it went on. And I don't take it off till I'm ready for bed so that I don't have to put it on for something like taking the dogs out to go to the bathroom or, you know, getting laundry rotated or anything. I, I make sure all my chores, everything is done for the night. And when I'm ready to turn in, to shower, to take the contacts out and get ready for bed, that's when the light comes off. And I'm a night owl, so that tends to be, it could be anywhere upwards from 11, 11.30. So it's on all day. So when I, I, I get my crutches and I have to pack those, I need those um, really minimally, but it really is the only way for me to get around. I could hop, but it's a bad idea for someone with only one good knee to be hopping around and compressing your kneecap hard all the time everywhere you go. Yes, I do hop. And every time I do and my husband's around, he said, no hopping. <laughs> So thank goodness I have my support system that keeps me in check. Otherwise, I'd probably have damaged my knee by now. 
So when I get all that stuff together, I have to remember, like I said, my charging cord because I won't last a day without it. So even a long weekend, I cannot charge before I leave and be good. It's like our phones. I charge it every night. So I have my charging cord and I always bring an alcohol water spray bottle. Um, when you travel, and I know there's so many restrictions now at airports, but when we travel, I have a backpack that I use for all of my medical necessities. It has a wrench in it. It has Allen wrenches. It has my sprays. It has WD-40 so I don't become the tin man and tighten up. Um, it has the air blowing device because when I go near the beaches, if I get any sand anywhere near a joint, it could really uh, crimp up and, and clog up my, my joint. So I bring that. All the things that you really aren't supposed to take through security, but it's all in one bag. And it's, I label it my medical bag. I have my aquifer, which I use to lubricate where I'm getting like a, a rash or friction uh, with my joint because temperature, climate, weight change, all that can make a difference in the way my, my socket fits. So I have to be prepared that I might rub someplace raw that I never had before because of what I'm going through. Example, Florida, so sweaty. Yes, I sweat here, but I was sweaty and then I was poured on and I was sweaty and, and I finally started getting just a bunch of raw spots at the very bottom of my back portion of my limb. And I don't normally get those, but I have them like all over the back. So at night I would put that aquifer on. So I have to have all these things. So going through security, I always let them know, hey, listen, that's a medical bag. And they will say, well, there's things in there that we're gonna have to check. Even when I use my alcohol water spray that I spray inside my socket at night so that it kind of cleans it out, um, they'll let me take a larger, bigger than three ounce bottle through, but they will stop me. They will check the contents to make sure it is alcohol water. So at first I was trying to bring like a tiny little spray bottle, but I use so much of it. And if I go more than a couple days, that's not gonna be big enough. So, um, you know, there is, you can go through with a medical bag. Um, the only thing you have to be careful of is I accidentally had a knife because my medical bag is the same bag I hike with. It is a hiking backpack and I use it as my medical bag. It stays with me. It goes in my car. It goes in my hiking. It goes when I go walking. It stays in my car if I'm out shopping in case there's some sort of issue. Um, God forbid my leg ever loosen up. I have my Allen wrenches to tighten it back down. Anything like that. Or if I have to take my leg off, I have one of my leg bags, which is what assists me on pulling my skin down inside my skin fit socket. So I have to have all those things with me at all times. So it's my hiking bag and therefore I keep a knife with me for safety. And they busted me on that um, on the last trip into Chicago um, before this one. And I lost my, my uh, hiking knife. Luckily, it was a small pocket knife, no like sentimental value, but still, I totally forgot it was in there and they did see it. <laughs> so someone has a brand new knife there that works at the airport. That's awesome. So anyways, with this trip, um, I always get stopped. I mean, I really do. Um, to help me actually get through the airport. A lot of times if I don't know the airport or it's large like O'Hare in Chicago, I will actually 
ask for a wheelchair and a lot of times my my boys or my husband will push me so that um we can just just keep me off my leg more than uh, you know keep it keep myself off my leg so that I can use that leg for better things than walking through an airport um so I do grab a um a wheelchair at times depending on the airport we're going in or out of I know Phoenix airport really well and so I tend to just bust through that um coming and going but like I said some airports I'm not sure I don't want to get caught um having sat for a while my legs shifting and then I'm trying to walk and uncomfortably getting blisters before my trip even begins and then I'm struggling so you know I as much as I'm um, usually a thrill seeker and will be willing to do anything there are some things that are intolerable to me and that would be um, creating a rash or blisters at the beginning of a trip because of unnecessary walking through an airport so be smart if you go traveling use a wheelchair if you need to um, even if you don't want to or you struggle with humbling yourself on doing that sometimes it saves you the miles that you need for other things and we totally needed them so we get into North Carolina we had a, just a layover we only did North Carolina Airport and went to South Carolina and um, luckily you know just getting off and finding our hotel and everything we only did um, a night in South Carolina but we walked Charleston all over the place so we put in a lot of miles that day the next morning we woke up and we headed to Georgia and again we put in a lot of miles actually before we went to Georgia we went and saw a no it was in Georgia we went and saw a plantation and walked the property of the plantation which was totally uneven ground and I was really struggling with keeping my foot up and I actually was feeling some nerve ending so I was feeling kind of like my leg was falling asleep in my socket but to go back so we were in a South Carolina um, hotel for a night then Georgia for a night so every night I'm opening up my crutches using them collapsing in the next morning packing them opening them up collapsing them so that became obnoxious after a while but here's the kicker showering we don't we tend not to get handicap accessible bathrooms or rooms we just get what we want to get and when we're traveling with two pairs of us the boys got one room we got another room you know you get what you get and and I can handle anything luckily I have age on my side but um, I'm worried that in about 20 years that won't be so easy but some of the things that I've you know you're trying you don't even think about is once my leg is off I have to try to hop into a tub shower that's fun or um, and then getting out because you don't want to slip on the rug and you surely don't want to put your crutches on the nice slippery tile that's wet you didn't know it was wet and go flying and hit your head um, hospital visits are not recommended on vacations I will tell you that right now so you need to be really, really cognizant, but showering in all these places is really hard. And that's just getting in. Now you imagine I always kind of stand in my shower with one leg. I've got it down to a science in mind because we have a very large shower and it's very flat. But if you're in a tub shower, it's it's very curved floor um, and balancing is a lot harder. When I wash my hair, 
You know, as soon as my eyes close, I lose all sense of balance. So I'm always looking for um, a rail or a handle somewhere in the bathroom. But if it's not handicap accessible, then there are none. So then I'm just holding to a wall and hoping that I can wash my hair with one hand and rinse it with one hand. And then occasionally I'll even use my elbow against the wall because it's usually a small shower and and um, keep myself up and, and doing my shampooing that way. But um, that is probably the trickiest thing of, of the entire vacation is dealing with hotel rooms every night. And because we did such a weird vacation, I did, you know, one hotel one night in South Carolina. Then we went to Georgia. I had to get used to a whole nother setup. Then we were in um, St. Augustine, we Florida. We did a, a hotel there one night. And we're so we're packing and unpacking our bags through all this. And of course, my crutches are in the bottom of my bag underneath everything. So that was always fun. And then when we got to Orlando, that was the first time we stayed, I believe it was two nights, no, three nights. We stayed three nights there. And that was a whole nother type of shower and everything. And each one was a little different. Some are walk-ins, but there's a ledge. They all, for some reason, think that slippery, clear, clean tile is the best way to go. And I have travertine in our house, so it's very porous. So it's not as slick, not that water on it wouldn't make it, but you know what I'm saying. The three days that we were in Orlando, two of those days were, uh, one was a half a day after being in St. Augustine. But one of those half days was walking all around downtown Disney. The next day was Disney, uh, Epcot, the entire day. I will tell you right now that I think we logged, I'm trying to think how many miles it was. I think it was like 12 miles or something like that. It was some ungodly number. I was so sore. My husband kept going, you want a uh, wheelchair? You want a wheelchair? And I'm like, nope, I want the exercise. I want to do this. Plus people getting in the way of me and me kicking people with my feet because I can't feel my one foot. You know, it's crazy. So then the next day was universal all day. Another like eight, eight, nine, ten mile day. And then we headed uh, over to Cape Canaveral and we jumped on a cruise. So packed up everything, got on a cruise. Cruise shower was actually, you'd think would have been hard, but it was actually the easiest shower. The first night wasn't so bad. The second night I I, I ate crow because I said that it was shower was nice and easy. <laughs> But um, the boat wasn't rocking. The second night, I could barely stand up in the, in the shower. <laughs> it was crazy. Like just trying to keep the balance was absolutely insane. And so, um, you know, one easy day, one, you know, you take the good with the bad, right? I always tell you, I said, when you have a good day, totally enjoy it because you never know what the next day is going to bring or even the next moment for that matter. Um, and then we had, you know, besides that, we were only two days and we were at port it was a excuse me it was a three-day cruise but it was like two days at port the first day was like their own private island and you know it was awesome I actually not only packed my um, crutches for this trip but with the hopes of getting in the ocean because I do miss the ocean I love the ocean there's a part of me that is got sea seawater in my veins. Um, 
I brought my beach leg and what my, I call it my beach leg. What makes it different than my leg I normally wear is this one's electronic. Getting sand in this would be awful. So if the wind's blowing and kicking sand in it, that would be bad for the mechanics. Or if I tripped and fell and I got sand all over that, it would be bad. Not irreparable, but it would have sucked for the rest of the trip. So my beach leg is a hydraulic leg. It's just the old kind of legs that are not electronic. They don't need to be plugged in, but they also, um, if you engage it and you kind of stumble a little bit, you're going down. You just kind of bite it. There is no slow motion fall like my sea leg. My sea leg always allows me to trip, but it lets me catch myself. So I trip but I don't fall on my face. With the hydraulic leg, I totally, the mechanical leg, I totally trip and and bite it. I did not trip on this one, but getting off the boat and then walking and in something totally different, I literally have not worn it since we went to Kauai before the pandemic. And so it was just like learning a brand, it was like learning to walk all over again. It was Really, it was hard. It was humbling. It was embarrassing because I like to be good at everything I tried doing and I didn't practice. So I put it on and I had to walk out with all those people trying to push and shove their way through. Um, a lot of people didn't even see that I was, you know, an amputee um, until after the fact and people were cutting me off or stopping short and turning in my face. That's probably the reason I got most of my blisters and my raw marks because I was juking people left and right on this entire trip. I mean, you've probably been to like Disney or a park before. It's absolutely nuts. People stop with their groups and you're all of a sudden you're in a dead stop. It's really hard as an amputee to do that all day long. It's really, it's trying on the leg, trying on the nerves. It's exhausting. Um, you know, I put in a lot of work. He thought I would have lost 20 pounds after everything we did, but not so much. We made up for all the eating. So anyway, um, so my, my water leg or my beach leg is meant to get junk in it. It's okay to be in salt water. Um, there is a little rusting on some of the screws, but they're screws that I won't mess with. They're, they're, they're meant to be there. So they're probably stuck now because they, they've rusted in from last trip. Um, but I'm excited to say that before it started to totally pour down like torrential pouring on this island in the Bahamas, um, I got in the ocean and I just spent like two hours in the ocean. I did nothing. I just enjoyed the power of the water, the manna, being there, being present. It was awesome, breathtaking, rejuvenating, refreshing. I was I was in my happy place. It was amazing. And then we saw a storm come in and then it never stopped raining. <laughs> so we basically went back to the boat about two and a half hours earlier than our, um, the, you know, deporting time. And, um, it's just, you can only be wet so long. And I stayed in the ocean for a little bit while it was raining, but then they had to pull everybody out because there was some serious lightning. So we just all got out. We ate, literally getting kind of sprayed on because the rain was going like horizontal through this restaurant that was an outdoor restaurant but covered didn't matter we were getting wet while we ate it was interesting you just kind of finally at this part of the trip we were like and we're done just eat let's move 
Um, and then the next day was actually into Nassau, Bahamas. And we had a great day there. But again, it was so hot. We were just soaking wet from the humidity and, you know, dodging people in their market and everything. We did nothing like planned. We just wanted to walk around because we'd been there many times before. We used to live in Florida and we used to, when the kids were really little, do Disney cruises and they always went to the Bahamas. So we'd been there m multiple times and love it. And it was just kind of nice to go back just to be a part of it, but didn't need to do any special plans like swimming with the dolphins. We'd done it. We've done it all. So that was fun. And, um, exciting but totally exhausting and like I said um, traveling it, traveling is awesome you've just got to prepare for the inevitable bad days you need to prepare and know exactly what you need to bring in case of this in case of this in case of this so the rain I had to make sure I had I, I carry frog togs with me so if you don't know what those are it's basically rain gear I keep pair of pants with me at all times I don't keep the jacket with me I had a lightweight jacket but the frog tog pants I have because they have a really wide ankle and I don't have to take my shoes off so in case it started to rain I just pulled them out of my backpack and threw them on over my shoes and everything just to protect my sea leg it can get wet but with all the rain we were seeing I mean total downpours if you've ever been to Florida you understand what I'm saying it rained in South Carolina, it rained in Georgia, it rained the whole time we were in Florida, it rained in the Bahamas. I mean, it rained, there was, when we looked at the forecast before leaving on our trip, it showed like 60 to 100% chance of rain every single day for the couple weeks that we were going to be gone. So we knew what we were coming up for. And that was, you know, part of the planning, right? You need to check the weather and you need to check what's going to happen, especially if you're in a wheelchair or you struggle with walking in certain surfaces and weather. And then you need to have the right gear. And so the reason I wanted to share this with you is one, um, I think, you know, just talking about that personal experience, the showers in all the different areas, packing, um, preparing yourself for worst case scenario, you know, you need to have all that in mind before you leave your comfort of your home. But I'm going to tell you, it can be done and it can be so much fun. Um, you know, for those of you that do know my story, and I went through five years of surgeries, 10 surgeries, I think it was, before I came to doing the amputation. And I missed out on so many things. There were trips that my husband would take the boys on while I stayed home to recover ice and go to PT. There were surgeries that took me out of skiing, but I could go on the trip and just sit there with crutches. And everybody thought that I hurt myself skiing. I'm like, yeah, no, this is like years of surgery. But I didn't get it really partake getting through airports or sitting on airplanes with a really stiff swollen knee worried about blood clots was not fun so after choosing to amputate I told myself that I was choosing a harder way to live but I was going to make sure it was rewarding and that I gave every bit of effort to partaking in all that we could do to make my life meaningful lived fully and without regret and you know my kids are growing up our kids are growing up and I really didn't want to miss out on anything anymore I was sick of missing out on 
partaking in things. You know, one of the last straws, for those of you that don't know my story, one of the last straws was I'd been doing PT straight for five years. Not kidding. Straight. No breaks except for when I had surgery. And then one summer, my PT's like, why don't you just take a break and go have fun with your kids? We're not making headway. We're not going to lose any ground. Just go take a couple weeks to yourself. And so our family went over to California. We went to Disneyland. And there was nothing more somber, sombering or solemn than sitting in line for, you know, 40 minutes to get on a ride with your kids that they were so excited to do this only to get up there and realize that the ride, I could not bend my leg enough to actually get on the ride and have to walk through and leave my husband with the two kids and one of the kids, you know, either sitting with each other, my husband having to sit with a stranger or one of my kids sitting with a stranger. Um, and that happened on that trip and that was devastating to me because that was the moment I knew that I couldn't do even the simplest tasks without pain or even literally I could not fit in the rides. Like I couldn't bend my legs. Some of those rides are really tight and you have to put your leg at a 90 degree or more angle. And I wasn't, I wasn't getting that. I was getting maybe a 20 degree bend. So um, pretty much a straight leg. So that's kind of where that went. So now that I, I've, chosen the route of amputation I can now do all those things because my leg bends totally now and my other leg is good and so you know now I can do all those things and that was a promise I made to myself that if I chose this path then there was no complaining no looking back and yeah I do have my pity parties if you listen a couple episodes back there was pity party for one it happens um, usually by myself on a day when I'm alone and I have time to just sit and think Um, for me thinking is bad (laughs) So when I tell you that I use distraction and distraction is my friend, if I don't keep busy, then I can start feeling sorry for myself or wishing this or wishing that. And it doesn't happen often. I would say less than five times in the three years of being an amputee that I've kind of had a breakdown. And it's usually because my socket isn't fitting well and I am at wit's end because I can't walk even my dogs because it hurts so bad. Um, I can walk around my house, but as soon as you get me on the street and walking on pavement, the pain would hurt so bad. Or when I, just before my TMR surgery, because I had a a very active, painful neuroma in my hamstring. So, you know, there are times when um, I think that the pain would get to me emotionally so badly that I would just have that breakdown. So it does happen and that's okay. I just say, don't dwell there, right? You know, have it, let it out. Crying can be cleansing, but don't stay there. It's not a pretty place for anybody and it's not going to help you to wish you were someplace else, someone else or somewhere else. Just deal with what you have and, you know, hold yourself accountable to where you're at. So I tell you that at the end of every episode, I I always do a call to action because I'm I'm an active person and so I, I don't... I don't like listening to podcasts if I'm just listening. I don't listen for enjoyment. I listen for value, like for feedback or for something to take away. So I figured with with mine at the end, if you're still with me, thank you for staying with me. My call to action this time for you, especially if you struggle with traveling or you haven't traveled and you're afraid to, 
I would definitely put together a travel packing list for your circumstance. So like for me, I must have my charger. I must have my bag. I must have my crutches, those types of things. And then other things like I want to make sure I have salve to help me get through any pains that might happen. I have new skin so that I can cover anything that I might need to cover. Um, you know, just all those different things. What I, I plan to do is making that checklist with a little box in the front of every item that is a must no matter where I travel, whether it's hot and sweaty Florida or Alaska in the winter, I want to make sure, you know, oceans, mountains, I have everything that I would need, you know, and you can even make it so it's like, you know, swimsuit that's adaptive, you know, and then in parentheses, ocean time or hiking boots that work for my foot. I need to have hiking boots for if I'm climbing. Some of those things may only come into play for certain vacations, but that's okay. If you put down which type of vacation and what kind of climate or environment you're going to, then you can make sure it's on that list always. And then what I wanna do is I wanna laminate it. Then I can just use a dry erase marker on it and every time I'm going, so I know that I have my frog tog and I have a rain suit and I have my hiking boots and I have my sea leg and I have, you know, my surf leg, I have my charger. And then I go through and I do that checklist. So my call to action to you is create your own for your circumstance. Because I can ask my husband, do I have everything I need? And he's going to say, I really don't know because I don't know what you might need. Even though he sees me deal with this every single day, it doesn't mean he knows what I might need. You know, some clothes fit better over my socket. Um, if I try to do jeans, then I need to have certain shoes. You know, if I'm going to do this, then I need that. So what I would tell you to do for your call to action this week is create, If especially if you are struggling with leaving the comfort of your home to go and live your life. No matter what your circumstance, you can do this. You can go and you can travel just like anybody else. There are so many wonderful ADA regulations now everywhere. It's not perfect by any means, but they do make things much more accessible for wheelchairs, for you know, um, amputees, crutches, whatever. I actually even saw a lady on our cruise in a wheelchair, no legs, like all the way up, like at her hip, no legs. She was, she was literally hip up. That's all she was. And she was on this cruise living her life. So you can't tell me with someone like that, that you couldn't. I saw two blind people walking around downtown Disney together with the dog. Didn't even realize that they were blind um, one of them had the cane, but the other one, my son said, were bl was blind too, the one that had the dog. It was crazy. So you can't tell me that whatever you have is holding you back because you just can't do it. It's a matter of mind over matter. You need to be able to tell yourself that you can do this if you really want it. Now, if you are content with sitting at home and feeling sorry for yourself because it's not as easy, then I can't help you with that. Um, sure, of course, being home is much easier. It's comfortable here, but you're missing out on the great big world of 
I mean, some of the people I met on this trip were incredible. I mean, I've, I talked to so many people and, you know, some people were curious about me and some people just were just being nice and they didn't mention my leg at all. They just had a conversation with me and it would have been things I would have missed out on and people and experiences I would have missed out on if I had just dealt with the comfort of my own home. So sometimes pushing ourselves out of a comfort zone. No, I shouldn't say sometimes. I think always pushing ourselves out of a comfort zone. Good things come if our attitude is in the right place. So check your attitude. Where are you at? If you want to travel, then find the way. Okay, where there's will, there's a way, right? So if you want to travel, create a checklist laminate that checklist so you can use it over and over again or save it and print it every time but you know why waste paper but I'm going to do the same thing because I've been needing to do that and I can put it with my luggage so I have it with me whenever I'm ready to pack and then I don't have to reinvent the wheel because I feel like sometimes I'm like okay think about this what do you need for this situation this situation and I'm usually running through my head everything I would need where we're going and what we might encounter you know, do I bring flip-flops? Well, if I do, do I need this? Do I need that? So I would just sit there and spend the next couple days making a list, writing it on a notebook while you're watching TV or whatever, and just start writing down what would I need to successfully travel and feel as comfortable as I can? What would I need in case this happened? What would I need if this happened? And then start putting it together in a nice typed up list, make it colorful, make it fun, do little palm trees on it and suns, just so you have something exciting to look forward to, laminate it, and then go book that trip. You earn it. You've earned it. You deserve it. You deserve to live your best life. I want you to get out there and enjoy the experiences that only come with getting out of your comfort zone. So I hope this helped a little bit. I hope it gave a little insight to where we were at and why I was missing in action for several weeks there. And I'm sorry, it got real crazy with traveling and visitors coming in. We've been in Chicago, then we had people in, then we were gone for almost two weeks. And then in a week and a half, we have a wedding we're going to in Wisconsin. So I'm gonna have to do this all over again. So I'm hoping to have my checklist ready for Wisconsin. And that way I am following through with my call to action that I would want you guys to follow through with. So I hope that helped. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm sorry I was missing for a while and I just just stayed away. It was really good. Sometimes we need to just disconnect and breathe. I've never seen my phone almost fully charged by the end of every day as I did on this trip. It was fantastic. And even my teenage and 20-year-old boy, Everybody was off their phones. It was just really awesome just being together and being, just enjoying the moments, right? We, we sometimes miss those when we're on our phones all the time. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I hope that the summer has been good to you. Get out there, travel, talk to me. Let me know how you're doing. And as always, be healthy, be happy, be you. Be you.